In decades past, you opened a business, hung out your shingle, and the customers came. Today, hanging out your shingle means creating an engaging website. The modern consumer is using the Internet to find businesses like yours. Are you positioned so you'll rise to the top of their search? Let the Radio Vermont Group Digital Services work with you to make sure you're visible online and to target your marketing to location, demographic, and interest. Learn more at rvgdigital.com. Hi there, this is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. Joining me in studio, it is very cozy here, uh, is Keith Gosselin, Linda Quinlan, and Ann Charles, who are all advocates and co-hosts of all things LGBTQ. Now you just plus. Yes. Okay, because sometimes they say IA+, but we're just going with LGBTQ+. (laughs) Thank you. Anyway, um, they have, this is a show that's on Orca, which is every other Tuesday. And my show, Vote for Vermont, is the every other Tuesday that they're not on. <laughs> well, and in between our news format program, which you're referencing, right. we do an interview show, which yes. is separate and distinct from reporting on the news. That is true. They have two, it's really, it's a fabulous show because as, as Keith just said, they've got uh, two formats, but we'll talk about that a little bit later, I want to hear from each of them about their backgrounds, and um, um, and we'll talk about how we got involved in the show and how we all know each other. <laughs> you, I know, Keith, so we we won't get into that history. But anyway, why don't you kick it off, Keith? I was going to say, Pat, nope. we're, we're, we're sworn to secrecy. Yes, we are, there Keith. There we are, because... Your relationship with my family actually centers around when I was a very young child. So how how I became involved Is he in talking Cuba- about my age. <laughs> Go ahead. I knew better. I- <laughs> How I became involved in activism is I grew up in a family in Plainfield, Vermont, that was very community-focused, community-involved. So I had a high involvement in the activities in my community from a very young age. And as I grew older and became very aware of my sexual orientation as a gay man, I became involved in political activism, advocating on behalf of all of our LGBTQ plus communities in the legislature, in public forums, in any place that would invite us to come in and talk with them. And I think that's part of the success here in Vermont is everything we've done, we've done in a public forum. We've invited a conversation. We've answered questions. And at times we've gone into less than friendly circumstances to say, we're willing to share our experiences right. to help you in this process. And and from and I was able to do that because at that point in time my employer, which was the Vermont State Hospital, was supportive of my activities right. and my family right. has always been supportive, has always acknowledged who I was, never asked me to hide it, and has been present for the significant events in my life. And I think that's well said. Um, I think most of us just need to be educated. Um, I remember one time I was testifying in House 
judiciary, I yes. believe, and I kept saying sexual preference. Right. And you let me testify the whole time, and afterwards you came out and said, uh, Pat. Could <laughs> <laughs> we talk? It's not sexual preference, it's sexual orientation, but you took the time to explain to me the difference. <laughs> no, sweetie, that was, yeah. that's the way to do it. Absolutely. Um, I didn't do it intentionally, that's what I thought it was. I wasn't doing it for any reason other than to get a point across to, to the judiciary, but you took the time to explain. See, I remember that. How many years ago was that? Anyway, we won't talk about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So, hi. Go back. hi. I'm Linda Quinlan, and you know, um, I'm from a working. You're going to have to sit closer. Okay. Thank you. We're sharing mics here. It's cozy. <laughs> yeah. I'm from a working class family outside of Boston, um, a place called Chelsea. I have a, a book of poetry titled uh, Chelsea Creek. But um, I sort of came to age politically, um, you know, I was the right age for the anti-Vietnam activity, um, the uh, women's movement, and um, the gay and lesbian movement that followed that. And so I, I came to age at a perfect time, I think. Um, and... Um, so uh, my family was more conservative and very religious. Unlike Keats, they weren't very supportive <laughs> <laughs> about my lifestyle or who I was. Um, from the very beginning, from anti-war to uh, coming out as a lesbian. So um, that's sort of my background. I went to the University of Massachusetts, and um, I went after dropping out of high school. Um, and got a GED and went there. Good for you. How did you come to Vermont? I came to Vermont. Um, actually, Ann and I are partners, as you know. Yes, right. And um, we uh, met in Boston, and um, we were in New Orleans when Katrina hit. Oh. I know. And I had a really close friend who lived in Vermont, and my a lot of my family remained in Boston. And so... We thought this was close enough. No, yep, it is. <laughs> they have to call first before they visit, right? right? Yeah, I get that. <laughs> cool. Okay. So, um, Ann, you want to go ahead? Sure. I'm also a child of the 60s. Um, I was able to go to college in New York between 1969 and 1973. I went to Barnard, which was across the street from Columbia, and there was a lot of political activism, and I really came of age politically then. Um, I came out as a lesbian when I was 24, um, when I, during my second semester of graduate school, and um, after I finished my MA, I moved to Boston to be an open lesbian and uh, to do something besides teach, so I worked in human services and then went back and got my Ph.D. in English. And I used to say my scholarship is my activism. You know, Keith spoke of supportive work environment. I was able to teach lesbian literature at the University of New Orleans Whoa. in the early 90s. It was really a treat um, and a site of activism. I think people don't give the South credit often for being the politically active place it is. But in any event, then after Katrina, I moved to Vermont with Linda, taught um, for a few years here as an adjunct and then retired. And uh, my new 
site, I write reviews for the Gay and Lesbian Review Online, huh. and one of my service uh, credentials is that we do the show. There you go. Well, and it's a great show. I really enjoy it. You and I, I was, do you remember back Governor uh, Dean appointed, um, created the first, I don't know whether it was um, affirmative action. Yes, it was. I then. think that's what they called it back then. Um, and Ronnie Sandler. Do you remember Ronnie Sandler? I have been trying to track her down. I think she's still in Maine somewhere. I just, I, I just, she was actually the first uh, gay woman that I, that I knew personally. You and mean lesbian? Lesbian. What did I say? Oh, gay, sorry. Gay See? It's okay. Where are you to teach me, for heaven's sake? <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, I'm right sorry. across the table from you. <laughs> Good thing you catch me. Um, we mostly meet in Price Chopper, Keith and I. Exactly. But, but Ronnie Sandler, she was something else and taught me a lot. So um, I, I always wanted to track her down, see if she remembered those days. Um, but anyway, then we've all been friends since, and I knew um, uh, Anne and um, Linda from the show, right. hanging out at Orca. Okay. So let's just focus on this, the show for a minute because um, it is really cool. What? I'm pointing at Linda because yes. all things is Linda's child. Oh, really? You're the one who came up with that? It's, it's yes. fabulous. Yes. Uh, well, explain how that all came about and why the two formats, because uh, it's a lot of work doing both, finding people for interviews and then doing all of the news that you get from all over the world, actually. Yeah, yeah. We uh, do national, international, and local news. Um, I was good, actually um, I was thinking about doing radio at first, and I went up to Goddard for training, ah. <laughs> and I thought, God, this is too much work. I want to go on TV. <laughs> we should talk. <laughs> so I walked into Orca, and I said, you know, Ann and I had talked about it, and we gathered Keith up. And uh, I went in and I said, I want to do a news show. I want to do a gay, a gay and lesbian news show. And they said... Okay, when do you want to start? <laughs> well, that's Orca. Yeah. And so we started out, the three of us. Um, and then at some point, I think two or three years later, we added the um, Young People's right. LGBTQ group, which was really a phenomenal yes, thing. Yes, absolutely. Are they still doing that? Because No, no I didn't think so. Because yeah. I learned, I'll tell you something, honestly, I learn more from those kids. Don't take offense, folks. No. But I learn more from them because they just tell it like it is, and they're so honest with... That was amazing. I mean, they were wonderful. I it, really enjoyed listening to them. I was going to say, the part about the youth show, and, and Linda and Anne were the people who were producing it, right. and they were supporting the youth in the process, is... What you were saying about teaching and learning, they engaged in conversations with each other about the issues that were of importance to them. It wasn't just reporting on it. You could see them working through it right. at, on the show. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just thought that was so honest. And I guess that's right the right there, word. Right out there. Yeah, right. They, they didn't care. No, no. <laughs> oh, good for them. And they aged out, unfortunately. Uh, so too bad so others aren't coming. Again. Yeah. I know. Because that really, I think that helped more, um, just because they talked about it and the, the issues. Um, yeah. But anyway, so so you started. How long ago did you start this show? Six, seven, seven years. years. Oh, really? Seven Two. years. Oh, wow. so yeah. that's about the same time I started mine. We must have been piggybacking each yeah. other here. Cool. 
May I add? Yeah. Um, since we've been in Vermont for 17 years, we began watching a show outside of New- that comes out of New York called Gay USA, and they were really our role models. Huh. Um, and there are two um, co-hosts, one gay man and one lesbian, who are in their late 60s and early 70s, and they've been doing it for 20 years. Wow. And so we modeled <clears throat> some of our show on their program. Uh, and I, you know, I went to school in New York, and I, so I have friends there, and we were able to meet them, and they shared some of their news sources. They're very generous mentors, and we're we're friends now. Right. Um, but they were able to um, share some of their news sources, and, right. you know, helped us along, and we collaborate a little bit. We, Linda and I, watch their show every week, yeah. and you know, share <laughs> news and. So they're an important formative. But they organize their show a little differently. They don't have a regional and local uh, segment. And they also have an AIDS section and an entertainment section. So we happened upon our tripartite format on our own. That's great. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, I don't know who does. You probably both do the research for, or maybe all of you, international, regional. I mean, you must spend a lot of time on the old Internet. Do you have go-to sources that uh, you know where to to go? Because some of your things internationally, especially very, very informative. Well, I really believe that we're all citizens of the world, you know. So I staked out the international uh, beat uh, because I've been committed (laughs) to it all my life, really. Um, And so one of my sources is Rex Wachner, whom I got from uh, Gay USA, and he is also very internationally aware. And, you know, we use, um, as I'm sure... Keith and Linda will tell you we also use the ad, advocate and yeah, right, vote and right. you know local outlets. But I really think it's important, and I, one of the drawbacks of mainstream media, I'm afraid, is that they don't cover what's going on internationally as much as they no, might. Right. So, yeah. Well, yeah. A lot of our we don't hear much about. Obviously, there's some issues in the news these days which are um, very important. But um, we were just talking about how um, the show focuses on international, national, and local, and then that's one forum, and it's like every other week, perhaps. Yes. Then the every other week, every other Thursday, it gets confusing. Every other Tuesday, but the other format is enter is entertainment as people who interviews. are interviewed from the LGBTQ community who are making a difference. And how do you, I mean, you have some amazing people that you have on, Um, dancers, uh, authors, um, just goes on and on. How do you find these folks? And some are not from Vermont, some are from out of state. Well, Anne and Linda have done international interviews. Oh, really? That is just amazing. I tried to find people in Vermont or New England predominantly to focus on, and it's looking. One of the incredible resources that we stumbled across is a magazine that started publication a year and a half, two years ago, called Boston Spirit, which is specifically devoted to LGBTQ plus news from New England, and oh. it has feature stories and then a breakdown state by state so you can identify these are the people who are truly out there doing the work and then you can look at the advertisements and 
what are the bed and breakfasts? What are the restaurants? What are the nonprofit organizations? Yep. And and usually there's some contact information, and you can reach out to them and say, would you like to be interviewed? And the response has been wonderful. I and bet. and I think you're going to be asking that, but Linda, make sure that all of our shows get posted on YouTube. Right. So it it has a national forum. Yeah, that's so. awesome. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's, uh, I've got to start doing something with mine. Um, I've got some, got some help from, I have to talk to Linda. Talk to Linda. Uh, so we'll talk over lunch, Linda. Um, and so, do you, before the show, do you get together and talk about, as a group, what news you're going to present, or is it just up to individuals what you think is important? You know what I'm saying? How do you, how do you organize the show so that it goes within the, what's in an hour or an hour, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, we started doing that, but then we found that we were spending an hour talking about our preparation and right. doing it for an hour. So, so it's cut you know, to the chase, right? <laughs> we have a little shorthand, mostly ah. Lynn and Keith. Well, sometimes we all overlap, but, yeah. you know, it's very easy on the show. Yeah. So do you, I mean, there are, so I'd like to get into some of the issues that are, that you all face here in Vermont. And although I must say, I my, from my perspective, it's a very welcoming state. I think I'm sure there's a lot. Uh oh. Um, well, going, no, I yep. because I know that further on, and I'm I'm, I'm cutting off Ann and Linda, and, and we will give them time, please. But I don't want us to be presumptive about what we've right. done in the environment that we've created, because if you look at news stories and you look at the things that are starting to percolate, the stories that Ann and Linda are reporting on with the anti-LGBTQ movement internationally and around the U.S. is definitely having an increased presence here. There are sort of legal foundations that represent that segment of, of thought that have started to become involved in litigation here in Vermont. It's that as welcoming as we try to be, we still need to be incredibly alert and attentive, not only within the LGBTQ plus community, right. but our allies standing up when there is a direct threat being right. made. You I, just mentioned the word litigation. There have been several suits that have been filed by a national legal foundation against Vermont schools, Vermont institutions, private cases. Really? Yes. Why is everybody so angry? I don't understand. People are just angry. And anything different or anything, you know, it's just they're angry. I don't know where this all came from. I'm not so angry. <laughs> I don't know uh, how I'm missing out on this, but aren't people well, angry? Look what's I, happening overseas now. Well, I was going to say, and, and Anne could talk to this with, with her international reporting because it, it's continuing to grow. But I think that with social media and online resources, avenues of thought that nece- didn't necessarily have fertile ground now do. Right, that's and true. And you get incredible support and encouragement. The incident at the Montpelier Lock Library with Drag Queen Story Hour, right. where all of a sudden they were deluged with all of this hate huh. about their sponsoring it, and most of it was out of state, and some of it was even international. Wow. So there were people who trolled this. 
And, uh, you know, I hate to be an optimist. But <laughs> yeah, really, you're going to spoil the whole mood here. <laughs> I think it's running its course. Yeah. If you look at the last most recent election this last week, Moms for Liberty lost hands down. Their book banning crusade is, you know, petering out. Right. So I think um, we talk, all, I mean, of course, you know, there are flashpoints everywhere these days, but, you know, I'm more optimistic that um, it's going to run its course and cooler heads will prevail. I certainly hope so. Well, you can't keep this anger up for long. I mean, it just wears and tears on your body um, to be this angry all the time. Yeah, I'm less optimistic. Great. No, no breakfast conversations with these two. I was going to say, I, traditionally, I'm the optimist of the group, so this is sort of unusual. But I agree with Anne. I, and my hope, and I'm going to support what you just said. I'm hoping that this has peaked, and now people are looking at it, saying, "Wait a minute," you know, right. and, and particularly here in Vermont, where. You know the people who are doing the work because they are your neighbors and we've right. stood up and you've seen us. It's like, I hear what you're saying, but that's not true. So. Right. Anyway, go ahead, Lynn. No, I'm just saying. I'm just not. <laughs> I'm just less well, optimistic about I, You know, and I think deal. you made a good point off, off when we were on break um, that people just don't communicate anymore. Uh, the, the tagline for my show, Vote for Vermont, is listening beyond the sound bites because all people read and hear and talk, they talk in sound bites. And nobody knows what's behind the sound bites. And sometimes it's completely different than the actual soundbite might give you to believe. Well, how can you, how can you, you know, when you think about, um, the news shows that are on, um, that are on the news, right. they're, they're all soundbites, whether right. they're left or right. Right, right. And everybody is just hearing what they want in their own silos. And, um, and mostly it's focused on, you know, crazy American stuff. I mean, you can watch, <laughs> you can watch American TV, and not know what's going on in the world at all, right. ever, unless right. there's a war, right? You know, like there is now. And or, now it's like the you, know, uh, you don't one war is not even happening. You don't even hear about it. You hear about Israel and Pakistan, but yeah. But the you Ukraine don't hear war. about any issues yeah. that really that inform. Yeah. And it's just so designed to scare you to death. It's fear mongering. Yeah, right, know? right. Yeah, exactly. Well, well it, we've got to take a before. Oh, oh I'm sorry. What I was going to say, it, everything is like a text message. Yeah, ex- exactly. How many bites and uh, that's it. So do you ever tackle any issues that are sort of out in the mainstream these days? When I just heard the word not too long, sis, that's me, S-I-S. I don't even know. I had to look it up. I think it's but, CIS. Actually. Oh, it's C. Oh, you're right. It is CIS. I wrote SIS. It's CIS. No, teacher. you're right. I can't CIS. <laughs> I didn't. But that's something new. And anyway, but there's gender. There's different pronouns that people use, and it's very difficult for some of us to keep up. Keep. No, it wasn't. I interviewed a young woman who went by they and them, and I. I was so afraid to make a mistake. Of course, I've made two already today, but we don't just keep moving along. Um, I mean, she was very gracious about it, but it was tough for me. I didn't know what to do and, and when to do they and them. Um, so uh, how, um, how do you get us to 
To listen or, I don't know, maybe some of us don't. But. Well, I was going to say, first and foremost, you look at the person and say, how how do you want me to identify? Right. I mean, that's what we do with our interviews. You know, what is your preferred? And some people say, oh, I want you to call me Keith, or I want you to call me Pat and not right. use the pronoun. Right. The whole debate about pronouns came with... All of our communities creating a stronger identity for defining who they are and reclaiming their lives. Right. I get to identify my sexual orientation, gender identity according to what fits me. And that's where all the Hey, you doesn't work, Keith? Apparently not. Well, it it depends on the tone of voice in which you're yelling at, but it it is part of that expansive, we keep defining, creating new words, and my hope is that we eventually get to the point where we don't need any of them. That Ah. we, we are identifying so eventually, we don't need to. If you look at how our youth don't have the same issues that we do, that gives me hope. Right. And, and and Anne's leaning forward, so I'm thinking she has something to say, and, and she's going to be the optimist. <laughs> Go ahead, Anne. Give us, give us a Well, I am smile. optimistic yeah. about all the range of options that are open to young people these days, unlike in my generation. Right. Um, and in terms of... Um, Gender pronoun use, I mean, I've made mistakes too, but I feel like the burden is on me to deal with it. It's not about me, you know? So, you know, I have to maybe do a little mental acrobatics sometimes, but, you know, so what? For those of us who actually uh, think about English and and sentences and stuff, they and them. (laughs) I know. know. Grammatically Uh is more than one. Mm -hmm. And that's, I have to be honest, that's a real struggle for me. And I don't know why not another word. I mean, why? It's just that's what we learn, they and them. Let me sort of help you through that. Go right ahead. The they, them, you're not identifying as male or female. You're identifying as something other, maybe something in the middle. So it is a combination of all those others into the they, them versus a singular binary option. Does right. that does that help? That does help, actually. Okay. And, and Professor Charles, do, would, would you support that? I do support that. And, you know, the goal is to smash the gender binaries. Right. There you go. Ooh. <laughs> Speaking of being angry, what is that? I was going to say, you oh, just became a more progressive show. <laughs> I don't think it's angry. I think it's yeah, no, empowering. No, it's yeah. Oh, there you go. Good for you. <laughs> no, that's good. I just, that they, them is bothers me as an English person. I'm a, I know, I know. Remember, though, when Ms., everybody resisted Oh, I never Ms. used that. You yes. never used it? No, oh, I, I never did. There, there we go, Pat. <laughs> did you? <laughs> to see, I never used that. And nobody, everybody hated it. Yeah. I'm not going to use it. But, you know, it kind of caught on. Yeah, it, no, it did. A lot of people used it. I just, yeah. I just never did. I used Anyway, yes. Go ahead. Oh. Am I to say something? You have to well, say no, something. You saying... have to weigh in on this discussion. <laughs> this is a group therapy session. Keeps leading. Well, I make mistakes all the time, and particularly with people I've known before. Ah. So, who have transitioned, and, you know, sometimes I slip up there more than I might otherwise. Right. Um, 
I'm just hoping that, you know, there's, like Keith said, there's no need for any of this. Right. You know, you just, you know. I like that. You'll just be whoever you are, and we'll all just go along, and, you know, there'll be no need for labeling at all. It would be good, though, I mean, if if labels are, that they be explained. Um, I do not know what, I looked up CISIS, um, because I'm like, that's me? What is that? Um, So I looked it up, but I don't even know where it where it came from it has its origins from a hundred bazillion years ago i guess in the who knows but if like keith explained to me about preference versus orientation i got it so i stopped but i think people don't want to explain and they should take the time to explain and not assume what's that word about assuming Uh uh-oh here comes the english teacher go ahead (laughs) actually i'd like to refer back to one of the um, all things LGBTQ youth edition segments yeah. where one of the trans students who was on the show said, stop expecting me to explain. Google it. Oh, well, <laughs> that, well, my problem with, with anything on the Internet is one never quite <laughs> know. knows whether it's the truth or not sometimes, you know, but no, they're, they're right. Why should, why, as you just said, why should the burden be on them? Maybe, oh my gosh, I like the don't do anything part. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of feel like, you know, um, when given the opportunity to educate someone, um, and I, I think that one should take it. Right. Um, you know, that's my point of right. view. Uh, I think it is other people's job to kind of try to figure out things. But I think um, where there's so little connection in life and that we don't really talk to human beings all right. that much, that's really important to, um, you know, if you can talk and um, bring someone to a place where, They'll understand right. better or be better people or whatever. Thank you. That it's it's a good it's not a bad thing. Thumbs so, up. You know, I'm not I'm not opposed to that. That's I good. Just, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, you want to weigh in? No, I <laughs> I, I was motioning I was in yeah. complete agreement. Yeah. And you know, I taught women's studies for a while and one of my caveats in the beginning of the class is to recognize that people are just doing the best they can. Well, thank you. Yeah, and no, really, nobody's, I don't think many people are intentionally, right. some are, I'll admit, but most people aren't. They just want to know what's yeah. up. Um, and I know when I had that young woman on, I was so worried I was going to make a mistake. Uh, I just didn't want to. I, I wanted to feel that she was respected and I wanted to hear what she had to say. So, uh, anyway, I had a note here about when we were talking about youth that there are so many and they were referred to them as safe harbors for these kids to go to these days, which I think is wonderful, where um, if they have questions or if they're feeling a little different and estranged from others, that they have some safe harbors to go to, which is really great. I yeah. think that's important. If, if you look at what's happening nationally, it's LGBTQ plus youth that are the target. And they're the target because... The people who are trying to put in place hostile policies, laws, whatever, know that our children and our youth are an emotional issue. It's not an intellectual or rational. So I can create the greatest degree of misinformation and fear 
so that you think you're actually doing something to protect your youth when you're not. And if you if you think about LGBTQ plus youth growing up, we were in, inundated with a heterosexual model. Right. That's what we got. There wasn't a safe place for us to talk through it. Some of the current trend is trying to promote parental rights. And where I land on it is if we want to talk about our youth, why are we not talking about a youth-centered best interest of our youth versus the best interest of our parents? Because my going to, as, as Linda had shared, going to our parents may not be the safe place well, or or the true mentor that we're looking for. I saw you both moving. Did you want to jump in? No. With? Okay. No, I will. Okay. Well, I was going to say, because forcing a school district to disclose information that's that has been given in confidence. Okay, but Pat, here's here's the line. I'm making a face just yeah, so I know. you <laughs> For me, here's the line. If I'm coming to you because... I need help talking right. this through so I can then go and, okay, who are the people with whom I want to share it? Right. That should be held confidential. However, if I'm saying something that indicates that I may harm myself, that crosses over the line. Right. Okay, that's the point at which there needs to be some kind of disclosure. Right. I agree to some extent. Okay. Uh, because if I go to a teacher for anything, I mean, something happening at home that's not good for me as a, as a young girl, uh, you know, um, something happening with Uncle Charlie or somebody rather. Okay, but that's something that, that the teacher has to do something about and, and, and perhaps. Okay, but that's a harm situation. Right, right. What, what I'm talking about is not a harm feelings, situation. It's like emotions. I, I've got all of these heterosexual images and models in my head, expectations, right. but that's not fitting who I am. I need somebody to help me pull that yeah. apart and clearly identify what it, what am I feeling and what does that right. mean? I, I understand that. Yeah. But I think as a parent, I'm sorry, I think as a parent, I have a responsibility. And I don't think parents today are like parents of yesterday because I could certainly put my parents' names in here. Um, there, it's a different different group, and I think there's more understanding. Let me share a story. Okay. When, <laughs> and, and you know my parents. Yes, When I, I came out to my parents, what I got back from a response from my mother was she and my father always knew what right. was happening with me. But they also said... We didn't know anything about it, and we didn't want to do anything hurtful, right. anything that would harm you. Right. So we wanted to allow you to find those Good people who could support you. And, and that's where my mindset comes from. But what they did is they created a home environment where I didn't feel as though I had to conceal anything. As a parent... If you want right. your children to trust you, you have to create a family where Agreed. that trust Agreed. is foremost. But I don't think the school, I'm sorry, I don't think the school, it, they go out of their way to uh, say they're not going to include parents. And that's the impression we get um, in the discussion. And that's just wrong. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's I keep okay. interrupting. No, no, that's fine. I was just going to say that um, uh, just to talk about this. 
is, what if I tell you as my teacher that I think I'm I'm a lesbian, and you tell my parents, that may cause me more right. harm right. than... Um, then actually, I would ask your permission to talk to your parents. Right. Okay. I you get that, that part. Out, yeah. 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 Because you could be causing this right. child right. a tremendous amount of physical, psychological, and emotional harm. So you know there has to be some kind of protection for children who are um, and a place for them to go to talk about right. who they are separate because they may just not feel safe at home. But they should work towards, the teachers should work towards a place where the student wants their parents to know because we're responsible. The laws haven't changed on that, on that uh, end. Um, we were just talking about misinformation yes. and about some of the things that I believe as a parent and uh, a lot of it is just wrong. Why are they giving us, what's the benefit of giving me misinformation and giving me get all yanked up? Because you get, <laughs> You have an emotional versus a rational response, and I get you on my side. It's With social media and all the online resources and blogs, it's incredibly different, difficult to find an impartial, credible source right. for information. Right. Everyone has their perspective, but nobody owns that this is my viewpoint this is not necessarily based on fact. From having presented testimony before our legislature, it's teasing out what is verifiable information. In, in the old terms, it's sort of what is you know the clinical research information versus the speculative theory. Right. And everyone reacts with their emotion. Everyone believes what they read on Facebook. Yep. You know, look at what's happening with our politics, where every everyone has a viewpoint, and we've just gotten further and yep. further apart, and we've lost our ability to come together, as Linda keeps saying, to have a conversation with each other and sort of work through what we're feeling and what has substantive support and what doesn't. Thank you for that. Yes, ma'am. Yes, Professor. <laughs> Well, I'd just like to add that the transgender population has been demonized yeah. uh, into and a movement that's trying to, yeah. you know, uh, hurt young people and a lobby and so forth. And, you know, it's just human beings trying right. to find their way, you yep. know, like we all are. I will say I must, um, oh, there's been a lot of discussion about transgenders in women's women's sports, and I must say that one I'm, I struggle with, because okay. women... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I saw that was one of your questions, and yes. I know that time is limited. Yes. And again, that's going to go with what Anne is saying about the misinformation and right. how we, we think we know about transgender, and I will own that I'm not the best person to respond to this because I'm not transgender, but everyone perceives a transgender woman athlete right. as having all of their traditional male abilities, capabilities, etc., and when you start hormone replacement therapy, that is no longer true. Huh. So it's doing more research, getting credible information, saying, okay, is there an inequity based on physiology in ath athletes 
if you're already taking hormone replacement. And it ignores the differences in body types. Yeah. You know, there are right. short men, there are tall men, there are muscular men, there are less muscular men. I mean, it assumes that if you have, you know, you originate as a male, you're all of a sudden definitely biologically overpowering women, and that's kind of a sexist assumption. And, Anne, yeah. you've reported on the long-distance African woman's runner who had a high high level of testosterone naturally occurring within her system, and she was banned from competing. And then the other thing is you would expect, if this were true, that all transgender women would come in first in every contest. Right, and And they they don't sometimes. That is true. I know some races where... But the women themselves have a problem with it, and, and I don't know whether they're being educated or not. Some, some, some don't. Um, I mean, you know, you can cite Megan right, Rapino and... Right, because I know Christine, what's her name, Jenner? Christine, Caitlin. Ka- Caitlin, I'm sorry, what did I say? Caitlin Jenner yeah. is against it. Yeah. Uh, has been very vocal. She's been very vocal about it, but... Well, and as Anne and Linda have both said, we're all just working through this. Right. We're trying to figure out the path that's right for us. Right. So. I'm trying to find something on my cell phone. Sorry, but I'm going to have to fake it. Um, anyway, um, I want to thank you all. I'm going to end a little early because I have some news to share, which I've already shared with you all. Um, and I, I wrote something up, and I can't find it. So if I mess up, I apologize. Um, next Tuesday is going to be my last day on air. It's been a year, and I have enjoyed every single show. I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed. I don't know what I like most, the research or, you know, finding the guests, talking to people that actually remember me from uh, way back when, uh, and bringing on friends like Keith, and, and uh, it's just so cool. I get all all charged up. Um, but I have loved it here at WDEV. Uh, many of you celebrated with me my 80th birthday in July. Yes, thank you. Thank you, folks. Thank you. But, you know, it dawned on me over the last few months that perhaps it's time to step back a little. And this is a lot of work, uh, although it's enjoyable. And I've, if I had done this 10 years ago, this would have been my career because I just loved it. So I want to thank everybody at WDEV. I want to thank Lee Cattell and Steve Cormier and all the folks who have produced my show, Danny and Greg and, uh, oh, Peter. How could I forget Peter Cormier? <laughs> he, he was uh, in my ear the whole time I was in Maine doing the show from my Florida room in Maine. We had some fun times as the lawnmower went went by the window that I was trying to uh, <laughs> trying to get away from. I wound up sitting in the bathroom in my RV. It was very <laughs> exciting. But anyway, I thank you, the listeners, for all of your support. It's been fun going to people recognize my voice, which is so funny. And uh, I had to do a shout-out to Casey Bagels next door because um, they have started every morning that I'm here with a awesome food and a hello and good morning. And um, so I am hopefully... Uh, going to be back from time to time. I've offered to come back to fill in when people need it. But I'm going to be focusing on my sh- TV show, Vote for Vermont, um, and hopefully have some of the same guests um, back. And um, I'll be seeing you every other 
We're doing the every other Tuesday that these folks are doing the every other Tuesday. So thank you all very much. And until then, thank you for inviting us to be with you Thank you. This was too much fun. I hope people enjoyed and learned something. So there you go. Anyway, um, I'll be here next uh, this Thursday and the following Tuesday, and then I will bid farewell. So this is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV, and we'll see you on Thursday. Great show coming up. See you.